Welcome to Lean In, a podcast all about the posture you choose to take on life. I'm your host, Brian Schindler. I believe real and honest conversations bring us together as people, that harmony is one of the most valuable treasures in life, and that being known and being popular are two very different realities. Alongside those things, I love talking to people that inspire me, and today is no exception. Today, I get the joy of talking with my friend, Taylor Tippett, about not only her beliefs on how she could eat fried okra every day, but also about why we should hold our pain lightly, surround ourselves with good people to heal properly, and to keep believing in those big dreams that you just can't let go of. So, if you'll let me, I'd love to take this time spent together, this drive on your way home from work in traffic, or even this short moment to hopefully encourage you on your journey. I hope you enjoyed today's episode because it's a good one. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Last episode, I got to talk with my friend Carter Moore all about his journey of heritage, pursuing your dreams, and learning the joy of watching those closest to you succeed. If you missed it, make sure you go back and listen. And while you're at it, please be sure to help spread the word about this podcast by leaving a rating, writing a review, and sharing on social media. This week's conversation with Taylor Tippett tackles some heavier topics, such as loss, pain, and mental health, but also urges people to cling to hope and find joy in their brokenness. Taylor lives her life in Chicago, travels almost daily as a flight attendant, and has garnered an incredible following on social media through the help of her series, Words from the Window Seat, which went viral. Now, her space online is all about authenticity, honesty with yourself, and learning how to carry your pain every day. Please enjoy my conversation with my dear friend, Taylor. Taylor Tippett, how how are you doing today? I am doing so so great i'm hanging out in chicago with my coffee and talking to you uh what what kind of mug is your coffee in it is in an enamel blue like you know the ones that you take camping yes it's in one of those but it's from probably one of my favorite coffee shops ever in jackson hole and um it's called cowboy coffee um company in so it literally says cowboy coffee company on it and it's in like rope writing and it looks like it's lassoed and it's great (laughs) amazing so then would it be fair to say that in the midst of the windy city you sometimes feel like you need to be a little bit of a cowgirl um every day mason (laughs) ramsey is my future child i'm obsessed with him and i want to be a cowboy i want to be like a cowboy thug like i wish i could be both I feel like that's my style. So yes, I am a cowgirl at heart. Cowboy thug as your style. I think that's one of yeah. the greatest juxtapositions I've ever heard communicated from a visual sense. Like some days, this is my like weekly wardrobe is like Air Force Ones with like cool color pants and then like a cool vintage tee with like 85 gold necklaces. <laughs> and then the next day... I'll be in a wide brim hat with like my blundstone booties and like jeans and a flannel. And it's like, what? So it's like cowgirl thug. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) But seriously, it is my style though. Like one day, like I'll look, I'm like, what are you doing, girl? But some days you just feel like you want to be cool and hip and like have your swag. And then other days it's like, you just want to remember your roots. And you're living your best life. 
living my best life. Speaking of which, why don't you tell the people what you do and where you live? Um, I'm still laughing at my style. <laughs> <laughs> or do, you, do we need to talk? Do we need to find a little bit more closure about? No, I just have never <laughs> said that out loud. <laughs> I literally am like, what? Um, but that is it. That's a thing. Um, or skater girl too sometimes. Anyways, okay. that is closure. I feel great about it. Okay. I just am like, I just said that out loud. Wow. That's fine. Um, but I am Taylor and I am a flight attendant. Um, and I live in Chicago, Illinois, in the most babliest city of them all. Babliest? Except you may argue with me. Babliest. Is that- it is a babe of a city. Would you that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I would not call Charlotte a babliest of cities, but it's, it's prob- the babliest. <laughs> so it is the number one placeholder of the most babe of a city. It's a beautiful city. It's a babe. It's smoking. It has so much to offer. Okay. We're going there. We're, I mean, it's from cowgirl thug to babliest of cities i'm already loving every part of this i would love to start just by asking you some real fun lighthearted questions and i have created a couple of scenarios for you in the okay. or rather one but i'll get to that in a second so oh, taylor man, I'm so excited <laughs> describe to me and the people listening your favorite childhood meal Ooh, um so, oh man, um, I, it's not even a meal, it's just like my favorite thing ever, but I am from North Carolina, so I love Southern food, but I, well, my dad always used to make fried okra, and I would eat that like it was a full course meal. I used to eat so much fried okra and also cheer wine with it too is like the perfect combo um but I just remember growing up and I would always want my dad to make fried okra and we had our little like deep fryer in the kitchen and he would make tons of it for me so probably fried okra and then if I had to pick like a meal um ah man probably like my grandma's cooking like once again like mac and cheese mashed potatoes I could drink those like with a straw um I love mashed potatoes so yeah anything like skittled like southern comfort food I feel like is my favorite I love it I love it okay yeah (laughs) so would you rather Taylor okay have Justin Bieber (laughs) oh my gosh I'm gonna cry (laughs) recognize you on the street and know your name one time and never be able to see him again Oh my god. Or be best friends with Michael Scott for a lifetime. Oh. Wow. I took so much time coming up with this would you rather question. You have no idea. This is like the hardest thing I feel like I've ever been asked before in my life and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> oh man. You know what? Ugh. I feel like uh, my life's mission would be accomplished if Justin Bieber knew who I was for five seconds. Okay. 
I feel like as much as I want to be best friends with Michael Scott and that would be like we would just scheme and get into so much like get into so much trouble I feel like I just would literally die if Justin Bieber said it knew me because then every insta story every comment would have all of a sudden become it would have been worth it well and then it's like oh my gosh he's been paying attention this whole time yeah like I wow I would don't that's I don't, amazing. yeah. I feel like that's my answer. Okay. I almost cried even hearing, like, even picturing it. I was like, what? <laughs> amazing. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. We'll that's move on answer. quickly. We'll move on quickly because, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to create too much of an emotional turmoil. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the most jarring thing, if you're, if you're able to say it, what is the most jarring thing you've ever seen as a flight attendant? Yikes. Um, I feel like I'm not going to pick like a crazy like horror story, but it's one that keeps happening all the time and I want to scream. But when people don't wear their shoes to the bathroom and I'm talking like no socks either, they're just like barefoot in there. I really die inside every single time because it is so scary in there and (laughs) people don't have like anything on and I'm like a big like I'm a really like not clean person like I am like just like personally I'm not like I'm a very big like free spirit blah 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 sometimes don't shower but I would never not wear shoes to the bathroom and whenever I see that I just like have to like say a prayer for them because I'm so scared for their life but yeah no amount of thieves hand sanitizer (laughs) No. Could recover you from uh, that's just no. I don't I no thank you. And also too, like it's a public place. Like would you walk like you don't just go to the bathroom with your feet bare, like Right. Unless you're in your own home. Yeah, but even still sometimes it's like right scary. (laughs) Even so it's uncharted territory sometimes. You know, but the bathrooms are just scary. So, yeah, that's, like, a constant thing that happens. Like, I wish I could lie and say once, like, a flight, like, every, like, once in a while. But it's literally every time I'm on an airplane. That is out of control. Yeah. You would be surprised. Um, So, yeah, that's definitely my final answer for that one. Okay. Um, Do you watch food videos on Instagram? Yes. What is the most that's me in a nutshell food video that you've ever seen. And I will answer this one also because I just found it the other day. Like someone making food or Or like, just like a video of food and you're like, Oh my gosh, that food is every part of everything about me. It's kind of like, what's the most on brand food video you've ever seen on Instagram. Oh man. Um, you go first. Let me think about it. Okay. Mine is there's a video on Instagram and I don't know if I could ever find it again, but I saw it and I should have saved it. But it is a piece of cheesecake on a stick that is being dipped into some chocolate. And it almost becomes like a dipped cone that you would get at Dairy Queen. And here's why it is the most on brand thing for me because yeah. we don't do dairy. Um, dairy argues with us and yeah. we don't we don't appreciate the tone of it. And so we, it's almost like it's the longing for my heart to be able to eat cheesecake again. And then the fact yeah. that it's dipped in chocolate and then portable at the same point in time so that yeah. I could go and eat this piece of cheesecake just by doing, you know, 
uh, while I'm just hopping along the street makes it that much better. That's honestly beautiful. I'm thinking about writing poetry about it. <laughs> I can't imagine a piece of cheesecake on a stick. <laughs> That's got to, I mean, it was, it was a sight to behold. Wow. Well, yours is, I feel like a lot, I don't, I'm trying to think like mine is like not even a video of like actual food. It's, I don't know. I'm a big vine person still to this day. Yes. That's like my sense of humor. Yes. Like just that, like, why would you laugh at that? That's really not that funny. That's me. And so I feel like <laughs> mine, like literally it's like Michael Scott. It's like, wh- okay. Like you're really like, what, like, why are you so funny? But also you're scaring me too. Um, but I feel like, are we ever into vine at all? Oh, I was, I loved Vine. I thought it was one of the greatest social media platforms. Thank the Lord. Um, Be blessed because you should be by loving Vine. Um, (laughs) But I feel like mine is, it's not an actual food, but it's about food. And it's the one where the sign says free avocado, but it's based out wrong. And it's free shavakadu. And she's laughing like it's the funniest thing she's ever seen in her life. And I feel like that is me in a video. And my sense of humor in a video. And most people, some people would think it's funny. Some people wouldn't. So that's my answer for you. Oh, I Um, love. And avocados too, like, you know. I love that video so much. (laughs) So that's my answer. (laughs) Okay. Answer accepted. Answer accepted. So... You have garnered a larger following on Instagram. Yes. And you did. Go ahead. No, I, it's crazy. But yeah, I still, I'm always like, what? How did that happen? Um, so from the beginning, uh, I kind of just like followed where Instagram at one point where people like nowadays when people like, oh, social media, like doesn't really affect me. Like whether they're telling the truth or not, they're like, Oh, I feel like I don't have to like, you know, I just like live my life and post it. Like I'll, I'm always like, Oh yeah. Like I understand that. But at the beginning, like that was not the case for me. I was like, okay, what coffee shop am I going to today? So I can get a latte shot so Mm. I can make sure my feed is like a certain like way. And so when I first started, that's how my Instagram was. It was like searching for a moment so I could like follow everybody else's like Instagram culture, you know, like how like the hipsters kind of like just the certain things that people do. Like yeah. that was, I mean, five, five, six years ago, that's how I started. And I had like a couple of thousand, which I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And um, I'm getting a package. Um, <laughs> buzzer <laughs> real, life. real life. Um, real life's happening. Um, but then um, after that, um, I... Um, I just kind of kept doing that and I started making friends who worked for Instagram. And, um, after time I became a suggested user, which, um, back in the day, that was like a huge thing. Like everybody freaked out when that happened. Mm -hmm. And basically it's like the suggested user list is when new people sign up for Instagram, Instagram puts out a list of people they think they should follow. Um, that follows like the rules and guidelines and community. And I was also like going to Insta meets and stuff. So I like had that. So I got suggested once and then I got suggested again later on. So at that point I had like 60K or something like that. And a lot, some of it was like real, some of it wasn't, but um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And then down the road, um, I mean, when I'm like words from the window seat, when I created that, um, that got featured by a lot of people. And then I got a lot of followers after that. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of just like how it all, like, 
the the base of it and then like it grew more as I became like a blogger and like did things with my work and things like that so that's kind of the backstory of it that's great and you said that you said that there was a shift that when you became a blogger and when you started writing more how how did that feel kind of going from using a social media platform to connect but then to now be putting more of yourself out there from a written standpoint um it was so freeing um honestly like it's just um it's so hard trying so much to be someone not that you're not but like just trying so hard to like hold up this like lifestyle that's not real and I feel like once I started to like and even though I'll still like post coffee shops and stuff like my heart for it now is so that other people will like get up and like go and like experience like whether it's their city or whatever like it's also like I feel like tied into my purpose of like why I write like why I do the things that I do and so now it's so much more life-giving because it's not about like being this like cool hipster who looks like they're doing like these cool things it's like really like it ties in line with like what I feel like God has like spoken over my life like to, to help encourage and inspire other people to do. So um, it's like fills me, me with joy now, instead of like bringing me down, making me feel like I need to be something that I'm not. I'm just like fully living into what I feel like the purpose is that like God put me on this earth to do. So it like pumps me up and I get so joy, like filled with so much joy about it and like things like that. So it's just been really freeing, um, honestly, to like run away from like the things that I feel like I thought I had to be to like, make it and now I'm just like diving into what I know like I'm called to do and it's so much more filling so it's been such a cool like adjustment of like just literally being me and I don't have to try you know like I'm just doing me and like I'm putting that out there instead of like making this whole like ordeal to make sure I go to a certain coffee shop to like you know like that whole like kind of like you know I'm sure you know you've you've experience there and I'm talking about and it's just really freeing to just be who you are and like fully live into that and everything just flows from there and it's cool just being freed from like a lot of like things that people um like push on us and like make us feel like we have to do in order to be like cool or things like that and so yeah it's been a really cool adjustment but it's been awesome and just a lot of freedom uh, has been found which has been really 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 sick so yeah I love that I love that because I mean, it sounds when you talk about it, it sounds rooted. And I think that's where Mm. when you talk about that old Instagram culture, it everything was very much a chase. And it sounds like it's helped you give up that chase and be like, no, I'm not going to run this thing anymore. This is about what God is doing through my life, what I'm doing uh, in my real life and letting that kind of be the thing that builds a space that you've created. Would you you say that's pretty much like that's it yeah no one that's yeah you said it way more beautifully than I did but yes 100% that's um for sure the the heart of it and in the outcome of just yeah being rooted and you know the calling I feel like on my life I love that because you've you've created a space is everything okay yes <laughs> this is Chicago <laughs> this is like real every time I'm on the phone there's a police <laughs> officer or a fire truck. Amazing. Yeah, so this is real life. That's an ambulance. Um, yeah, I can never ever be on a phone call without sirens at some point going by. That is um, crazy. 
yeah so it's real life <laughs> real life yeah real life as it yep 100 percent. so then you have created the space that we were just talking about that you've mm-hmm. kind of created online you've created it in a way that speaks positively about the fragility of a person what about mm-hmm. that fragility is beautiful to you um to me i feel like the most like fragile and like broken things about us that we like want to keep inside um for me and like fully just diving into them and like being honest and like sharing that with the world or with people I have coffee with like to me that is when I feel the most alive and the most me and the most seen and the most like real is just like laying it out there um because other than that like I don't have like I have a lot of things to offer because of like my faith in Jesus. But if you take like, and that, not even if you take that aspect away, but if you lay those things out there for other people to see, um, it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel connected. It makes them feel like empowered um, to just be their true selves. And I feel like my most broken, messy, poopy self is the most real and the most beautiful part about me. And I've been able to connect with so many more people because of it. Um, And so to me, that is the most beautiful part of a person is that fragile, um, sacred, like, part of them. Um, And just like healing and things like that. Um, It makes, it makes you so much more human to me. Like when I talk with people, if I have a conversation with someone about like their successes or like the things they're doing or like the most like normal conversations that we have when we meet someone, like, what do you do? Where do you live? What are, what, like, what are you doing right now? Like, what are your, like a lot of creatives talk about that, like the things they're working on, which is beautiful. But when I have the conversations with people who have like just experienced like a major loss or are really struggling with money or just certain things that is like hard for them to swallow and talk about I walk away from those conversations feeling like filled with so much more love and compassion and like understanding for like people than I do when I walk away just having the normal conversation so to me that's kind of why like our brokenness and our like fragility is so much more important than just like faking it till you make it you know I love that because in that same vein, it feels like your joy, like the one that you were just talking about a minute ago comes from that fragility and, or that brokenness. So then what about that joy? Like that specific joy? What about that feels more sustainable? It's so hard to put into words. Like, and man, the joy that comes from our broken is so much more different than from the joy that comes from like, trying to be and do and say and like be all these things because that joy is so much we just hold on to it so much more differently than we do like the things that like we're trying to be I don't know like exactly how to put it into words but um just our joy when we're broken and like at least for me like drawing close to Jesus is so much more different than the joy that I get out of trying to like do certain things and like I feel like a lot of times when I'm trying to like put things out there or like just be a person and like which you know I mean a lot of times being a person is like trying to have like the things that we try to do the things that we try to create like 
the atmospheres that we walk into. Like it's just like normal everyday life and that joy is awesome and it's great and it's there and it's like part of being human. But then the joy that comes from just experiencing that pain is just so different and it's so much more, um, you just take care of it so much more differently because of the pain that you come from. Um, you know, like it's just, it's sacred and it's beautiful and it's, you like that joy that comes from pain and like walking through pain and choosing to get up even when you don't want to, or when you're having anxiety or so many things and you seek out joy, it takes so much more work and it takes so much more heart. And those things to me are so much more special than just merely like trying to get by and find joy in, in, in everyday life. You know what I mean? Like that joy is so beautiful too, but there's such a difference in the, the other kind of joy that comes from pain. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, this kind of was a ramble, but just from someone who's w- walked through so much heartache, like that joy is just so special to me because there's been so many times where I didn't think I was going to be okay or things like that. And God has like given me joy from that. And I would like, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, um, in those, those seasons and in those moments of, of just pure and real and raw Taylor, like as real as it comes, um, that's her. And that's so beautiful to me that I like get to like connect with that part of me. And it's so special and sacred to me. And I know that people that experience pain, which everyone does, um, and they find joy from it it's so much more different than any other kind of joy that, you know, that comes from knowing God or life or love or things like that. So. I love that. And, and you even hit on something that's really important because brokenness and pain are very synonymous when there's this idea of, okay, I'm a broken person. or I'm a fragile person. If something is fragile and it's not handled with care, then it will end up breaking. And I think that, yeah what you acknowledge and the fact that there is so much pain in that and there's that joy that can come from that pain is so important. And especially because you've said recently, I don't remember when you said it, but um, on a post, you said that you found people who've helped you carry your pain lightly. Mm-hmm. Why is it such an important distinction to why, or why is that such an important distinction to make about pain? To carry the pain lightly or to have people help you carry the pain lightly? Both. Let's talk about both. Um, so that's actually, it's hold, holding it lightly has been such an anthem in my life. And it's actually, um, spoiler alert, it's the title of my book that I'm working on. Whoa! Um, I, I know. I haven't told anyone that. Whoa! Um, I know. Amazing. I know. Exclusive so, here know. on Lean In, the podcast. <laughs> Yes, for real. Um, I haven't, only the close people to me know that, but that's been such like an anthem in my life because I feel like um, just someone who's come from so much pain and like not being able to understand it and trying and like my whole upbringing, like I didn't talk to very many people um, and I just held on to that pain with clenched fists and I held it so hard and I let it define so much of who I was. And there has been such, honestly, truly for me has only come from growing with God, but learning how to hold my pain lightly and not let it like take over my entire being. Because when you like, I mean, I struggle with depression and anxiety and loss and so many things. And when you struggle with those, those heavy things, um, 
there's like I can't explain it but like if no one else ever told me like from a doctor from a therapist that I struggled with those those things I would know because of like the heaviness that like I feel like has been on my life for literally so like it's just like this weight and like you can and it doesn't make any sense but it's just like it's heavy and when you carry that every day since I mean I've been honestly it was what started when I was six like it's just there's an art and there's a beauty of learning how to hold that lightly even though sometimes it's good or sometimes it's bad or sometimes I feel like it's never gonna go away or I mean even though I know Jesus and um there hasn't been full healing on it like the, there's an art and there's a beauty that comes from learning how to hold that lightly and learning how to walk with it and learning how to not let it define you and so um, that is kind of the heartbeat of hold it lightly, um, just in general and why it's so important to learn how to do, because there's so many things in life and healing and in pain that can just crush you and squeeze you and, and you like, so you just have to learn how to hold it lightly. And so that's the heartbeat behind that. And then for me, I think that I am invincible, number one. And I think that um, because I've dealt with pain for so long that it's okay to just keep it to myself. Um, and just like, you know, we, we, when we first started talking like community, like, and finally making friends that understand me and see me, even though we're not the same, um, just being able to like lay things on them because they're healthy enough to help me carry them um, has been a game changer for me. Like, even though sometimes they can't do anything besides hug me or sit with me or just even tell me it's going to be okay. Like sometimes they can't offer like very, like a lot of wisdom and sometimes they can, and sometimes they lay it into me and they speak truth over me. Um, but even just having a safe place to lay your, your crap on and to like take some of the weight off has been such a beautiful part of like growing and learning how to, to hold things lightly and to deal with my pain. And so people are so important. Um, in so many aspects of life, but um, truly in pain and in healing and in growing, like you have got to have at least one person that you can just have, um, even if it's just like to tell things to and they hug you, like it has changed um, so much of my walk and of my healing for me uh, because I thought I could do it alone and um, like we can't. And even last night at church, my pastor was speaking on that. Like, literally, we can't do anything by ourselves. Like, human, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I think that that says so much about healing, too. Like, literally, we can't do it alone. We can't. We think we can and we can't. And that's just been a huge part of growing and of, like, dealing with my pain healthily has been having people to walk it out with me. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the heartbeat and why I think holding it lightly and holding it lightly with people is so beautiful and it changes the way we heal literally so, so drastically. Wow. That's amazing. And you, you touched on something that is, I think just as important as the realization of how you have to hold it, which is to find people who are strong enough or who are healthy enough in their own walk to support you. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's what can happen with pain is that it becomes this vicious cycle of we hurt and then we find other people who are hurting And yet we expect them to help us when they're wanting the same thing from us. And it's this cycle of, well, then you you get more hurt because people aren't helping you with the thing that you're not even asking them, but the expectation that you've placed on them. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's such a good point. Um, I feel like a lot of that has been before I took some time to figure it out, but like dating, that's kind of what I did is I would find other people who not on purpose, but when you get to know someone, you, there are for real red flags. And a lot of times we like to like swear around them and be like, Oh no, it's fine. But I feel like in like, that's what I've done um, in my dating life is like, I found someone great. And then they would show me these red flags and like, it's so good to be needed, but there's a point where you have to realize like your brokenness and their brokenness and also like have enough love for yourself to realize, okay, I got to get around like healthy people. And like, well, number one, I probably shouldn't be dating, but number two, like, let's not date someone who's just as unhealthy as I am because then you crash and you burn. So that's like another lesson I've learned. And, um, just like you saying, like, make sure, you know, like it's important to get around healthy people who can actually withhold you because if you don't, they do want the same things that you can't offer them that you're also trying to look for in them. And then it becomes like this tornado vortex of unhealthiness. And then y'all both crash and burn. And then you're even worse than you were when you started, you know? So I think that's important to note too. Um, definitely make sure if you're getting, you're getting like you need people to help you hold it lightly, make sure they are healthy people who can actually help you hold it lightly and not make it even more heavier than it was to start. Wow. That's such a, that's such a powerful realization. And I think that that's something that is a message that is necessary. So I I commend you for being at the forefront of that because that's not a, it's not an easy thing to talk about because it's, it's one of the most self-exposing things about us as people. Like you said, like there's this brokenness and there's this fragility and then now there's this pain. And I love the fact that you're wanting to, not necessarily use yourself as a guinea pig, but allow your trials and your pain to be the thing that, that teaches others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely not like I didn't wake up one day and be like, wow, I've done all these poopy things and I still deal with all these crappy things and I've had really bad relationships and let's just put that out there for everyone to like figure out. Like I, it's, it's definitely like, I feel like it's like, I kind of don't have a choice um, because I feel like it's like literally my, my, it aligns with my purpose and like just having, you know, like this calling to want to write a book and to speak and all these things. Like, I don't like, it doesn't fill me up to talk about like (laughs) the heaviness, you know, but I know I wish someone would have, I wish I could have gotten a hold like of something like this when I was growing up and when I was first like starting to like get into relationships and things like that. Like, cause I would have been like, wow, like, you know, so like anything like to know that, like I had these questions when I was young, but no one like told, like talked to me, like at the end of the day, if I can help someone like get out of or hold things lightly or get out of bed, whatever it might be, like, then I, then I'm okay, you know? And so, yeah, it is really hard to talk about them. And, um, and it's not always fun to keep putting yourself out there but the end result and knowing at the end of the day that I can help someone like at all is all that matters to me um so yeah thanks for saying that and um yeah it's a learning process but um I'm always learning and growing and I feel like I'm you know the healthiest I have ever been and it's been cool to be able to actually talk about these things and also talk about them like I feel like this past a year ago I started actually admitting out loud like my issues and I never could do that before 
Um, so now I'm not playing the victim. I'm actually like, Hey, I have these problems and I'm working on them, but like I can recognize them now. And so that's been such like a cool part of it too, was before I was just always blurting about my pain, but I wasn't like owning up to it too. Like things that I caused myself like on my own, like through my own unhealthiness. So yeah, it's just been a really cool, like just like following your purpose and like knowing what it is, but also being healthy enough to talk about your, your crap too has been really, really um, freeing. So yeah. I love that. Well, and even in that same vein of growth of, you know, you said that you used to be this way with your pain and now you're this way. Mm -hmm. Recently, you just shared that it's been just over a year or maybe even closer to a year and a half now without your medication for mental health. And Mm -hmm. I believe, did you say you flushed them down the toilet? Yeah, um, I did. I shouldn't have. Um, I don't like for any, if anybody's listening, who's on like anxiety, depression meds, like listen to your doctor. My doctor told me, do not get off of them. Um, she wanted to like wean me down off my medication, but I felt like, um, I had other people in on it. It wasn't just like, I'm going to flush my meds on the toilet. Like I had other people praying for me. I talked to other people. Um, it wasn't like, okay, like, let's just do this. I'm, you know, um, and it was really, really hard. Um, I was going through a hard time with someone that I was in a relationship with and I like put it, I was trying to like, I can't express it. Like, um, I have a best friend who's on medication who it works great for her. And I could honestly probably right now, like if I wanted to get back on and try a different one, like I maybe could find one that actually works for me. They're all different. But um, the one that I was put on um, made me so numb and I wasn't feeling anything at all. And it was driving me absolutely mad because I was like going through a hard time, but I couldn't feel anything. And I felt so disconnected with myself that I would much rather feel everything at all than nothing at all. And so I decided like, I just felt like God was saying like trust me like you need to dive into me more and you're not and trust me with this and let's get off of it and let's work it out and I've been working it out like I mean honestly every day and I've been feeling healing in certain areas and like my anxiety has gotten lighter but my depression hasn't um but um I think a lot of it has just like it does have to just as someone who loves Jesus like there's been a lot of hard questions that I've had to ask myself like when I fully trust in him and there's a lot of no's that come up um sometimes if I'm being honest just like I mean with how busy I am and like am I actually like diving into my word and like am I trusting him like a lot of times no and so I haven't seen change there but I'm putting the work in so I know that um you know hopefully whenever it is like I can look back and say um I don't deal with that anymore but right now I do and that's a process but um yeah all of that to say I got off my meds cold turkey um and it was so 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 hard um you I mean you have your symptoms um and I had them for like two weeks of just like I can't express it when you get off like medicines like that but um it's the weirdest feeling ever. Like I would blink and I could literally see five seconds behind, like I I could like blink and I would see like five seconds behind me. And it was like that for like almost two weeks and it would be really bad some days and it would be really good. And um, the whole process of getting off of it was a nightmare. And shortly after I was off of it, I ended up going through a breakup, which was really hard because it wasn't like 
good timing, but at least I was feeling things again, um, which is important for me just as like someone who is a feeler, I would much rather feel than not at all. And so, yeah, it's been a year without them. Um, and I, um, have taken supplements. I was taking supplements for a while that were helping, but, um, I am so bad at taking like vitamins. I literally posted a story about it the other day that I've had them sitting on my shelf for like six months. Um, but honestly, I've just like really used like essential oils and, um, have like been really like, like I said, asking hard questions and just like trying to draw as close to Jesus as I can. And like, you know, just work through a lot of things in my past that I feel like caused it. And um, yeah, that's kind of been the process for me. Um, It hasn't been pretty and it hasn't been easy and it's still an ongoing thing. And I still struggle with depression all the time and um, also experience so much joy at the same time, um, which is crazy. Um, But, and I also have anxiety too sometimes, um, but God's really done a work on, on that and, um, you know, just opening up and saying the things that I've done, you know, like that I have my problems and I've, that's, um, that's allowed a lot of healing in the anxiety area, just, you know, me trying to hold things and control things, um, and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of been the process with getting off my meds and I've been off of them for a year now and it's been really, really hard. And, uh, sometimes I think about going back, but I'm just kind of a little bit scared with, you know, what, what happened. And, um, yeah, so right now I just feel like God is wanting to do a work in me and I'm focusing on that and, praying for healing in that area. Um, but yeah, that's been kind of my journey with mental health and it is an ongoing thing and um, it's been really hard, but I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned to trust Jesus a lot more um, and sometimes not a lot. And, but that's just part, you know, of being human and of loving Jesus. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of been the the journey with it this past year. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for being honest. And I mean, thank you for sharing all that. Would you be willing to talk about like, what was waking up day one without them versus waking up this morning? What was the difference between those two things? Um, waking up day one with like getting off of my meds. Um, I was really scared. Um, I honestly, um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, like, just like with myself as a person and just like that craving of wanting to feel things again, but knowing it was going to take, like, it was going to be scary um, because I knew I have, I had gotten, um, I had switched meds once before and I knew that feeling of, um, and I've forgotten to take them like three days in a row. And I know that weird sensation of being off of them, what it's like. And it really is petrifying. Um, just like, the way your body feels and the way you feel. And so I was honestly so, so, so scared day one of getting off and like knowing what was to come and knowing that I was going to have to start feeling things again. Um, I remember just being so, so, so scared, but being so hopeful and um, which sometimes is a really scary thing too, um, being filled with so much hope and not knowing what's to come. But that's kind of how I felt day one in thinking about how I feel now um, you know, a year, it was last July that I did that. So it's been pretty much a year and, um, feeling like how I feel now is even though it hasn't gone away, um, and I do feel things so much more deeply, um, and there's not anything kind of to block it out. Um, I feel so much more 
true and um and real and um I feel like I can I've learned how to manage my mental um issues more because I've been so much more like honest with myself and I've learned like I've spent a lot of time this year just like learning about me as a person and learning what my body needs and learning how to take care of it and um learning when like Enneagram has been a huge part of that too. Like as a seven, like I go so hard and like, I've just gotten to know myself so much more. So my mental health has changed so much too, because I'm not afraid of staying inside for a week if I need to, like, I don't hate myself so much for it now. Um, so I just feel so much more true and okay. Like I am okay that I have mental issues and I struggle with depression and before I wasn't and I feel like I was taking medicine to try to make it go away and now I'm in the process of sitting with it every single day even sometimes when I don't understand why I feel depressed when things are so good and it's just been like it's a learning process and it's beautiful um as to where before I always felt like I was so scared on day one and now I feel like it's like this beautiful part about me that I will conquer I don't know when but I will and, um, yeah, it's just, it's totally different. Um, and I feel like I've really taken the time to sit with it and get to know it and to know me and like how to deal with it on a regular everyday basis. Um, and it's been, um, it's been beautiful to say the least as much as I wish sometimes I didn't have it. Um, and I didn't have these issues and, and this heaviness all the time. Um, I've, I've learned how to, to not let it control my life, I guess you could say. Um, and that's been really, really cool and really freeing and, and healing for me. That's beautiful. Thank yes. you for being so honest and so transparent about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's cool to hear. Well, I mean, it's not just cool, it's transformational. To hear you talk about where you're at now and how much you mm-hmm. love where you're at now. And especially when you when you said that you feel much more true. I think there's a big, I don't know. I think so many times we look in the world for truth and we look in the world for honesty and you've hit on something that is so pertinent and so poignant Taylor, which is that has to start with yourself Mm -hmm. and that has to start with how am I doing? How am I thinking about myself? How am I handling what's in front of me or even what's inside of me? the things that I'm carrying. And I think as a whole circle, this idea of carrying it lightly with pain, with people, with relationships, and then with your mental state and with your mental health and all of that, it tends to, I mean, it's easy to look at all that and to say, well, this is so heavy, but your message of carrying things lightly is so necessary. So Mm -hmm. absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I've kind of like realized that just by like, taking so much time to like sit with my crap, you know, um, cause you sit with it and then you learn like how to manage it, but then what, like, what do you do next? Like you actually have to go live it out. And I feel like there's just such a, a need and a beauty in learning how to hold it lightly and learning how to not let it define you. And honestly, how, like, it's just so much of my ministry now too. And like, I never thought, like, I, you know, I never thought that, but I've learned and I've like, and I've taken that time and it's just, yeah, it's, um, it's really, really encouraging. Um, and 
and beautiful, um, to say the least, just the way that God uses our, our broken to make us so much more beautiful. Hmm. So you shared, well, first off, amen and amen to all of that. Uh, you shared recently about this specific season that you're in right now and how much you're loving it. And whether that be writing and getting more solidified in that and, and finding more rooted relationships and all that. But what, what about this season is standing out so much? Um, I feel like I am like, I've been like running around this mountain for literally like so long. Um, I feel like sometimes God like will take us around certain mountains, like as many times as it takes to kind of, until we like, can realize, you know, like, oh, wow, like, I do this, I do that, like, this, like, just, like, I've had a lot of revelations, and I feel like I've, like, kind of moved on to, like, the next, like, I've been going around this mountain for literally eight years, just the same thing over and over and over again, and not being able to have breakthrough, and I feel like I finally got a taste of it, and I'm, like, living in it, and I feel like I'm moving on, like, to the next part of, like, life, and I feel like I'm just kind of, like, when I'm so pumped about this season, I just envision myself, like, on the top of this mountain and I feel like so many things that I've waited for are like finally happening and even though they're happening I still have to wait more which literally Jesus like whenever I pray I'm like you're such a savage like you give me these things and I have to wait even more <laughs> and um yep. I'm like wow well, I'm there and then I'm like and he's like no you're not and I'm like what and so I feel like that's like the season that I'm standing in right now it's like so many things that I've spent so much time praying for and like not even like some things were bold big prayers but also like little ones that I was like oh whatever like God's gonna forget about them you know like and then now they're like kind of in front of me and I'm like wait what um I just feel like I'm on like the cusp of like I had my breakthrough and I'm on the cusp of like living that out and like being like fully healthy and like having these things that I I didn't even think were possible you know and I feel like that's been, like, the season um, that I've, like, kind of had glimpses of and I'm, like, walking up towards. And um, it's so cool because when you go through, like, really, like, I just had years of heaviness and bad decisions and bad relationships. And now I've, like, taken the time to, like, really just be okay with myself and, like, I'm moving on to what's next. And it's beautiful and it's encouraging and I'm, like, so hyped about so many things. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's like why I'm just like, I'm love this season so much and I'm hyped for so much. Um, you know, just like my book and I had like the desire to speak and I had my first speaking gig this weekend. And like, there's just so many things that like, I was like, wow, God, you gave me those desires, but how in the heck do you think I'm going to get there? And he's just like, trust me, trust me. Like you, you, I, you can't do these things when you're a hot mess. Like you can't, like how are you going to write a book when you can't even like, you know, like be, have like conversations with people without like being mad or bitter or, or things like that. And so it's just taking time to heal from things. And I feel like that's the next season of life is just so much goodness and so much fruit. And it's been a long dang time coming. Like, it, like I just think about in the Bible where he is like, you know, like he says like, well done, my good and faithful servants. Like, he's going to be like, what took you so long? Like, <laughs> thank you. Like, that's like me. It's not, oh, well done, you did so good. It's like, girl, okay, I literally, we spent eight years doing the same thing. But 
which is it's so cool like I wouldn't change it for anything but I feel like that's like it's finally time and like I can leave so much like junk behind and it's been a long time coming and so that's why I feel like I'm just so hyped about like all the things that are next you know wow I love it yeah. I love every yeah. single minute of it Taylor you are a wonderful person thank you and I tell you that not not superficially but truthfully you are embarking on a journey that I feel like a lot of people want to but you're allowing yourself to let you to know yourself to do that yeah and that's a really really amazing thing to to watch from afar from here in Charlotte North Carolina but also to know you as a friend and to be able to just see your enthusiasm about everything it's unbelievable thank you Thank you. Unbelievable. Jesus has been been so 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 good. Um, you know, I don't. I know people may listen to this and might love God or might hate Him, but I honestly just I would be like a run over deer on the side of the road without my friends and without Jesus. Like truthfully, I don't even want to think about where I would be. My good Lord in heaven. Um, and it's it's just life, you know. Um beautiful and messy and scary and um but you know you wouldn't change it for the world at the end of the day absolutely and we've come to our last question this is one that i love asking every person are you ready yes are you where you thought you'd be um no no, truthfully, um, not at all. <laughs> um, I, I did not have a lot of like hopes for myself or like dreams or I really didn't feel much worth. And, um, I never thought I would love Jesus. Um, I felt very misunderstood and heavy and, and things like that all growing up. So the fact that I have joy that I have a purpose, that I have a job that I sometimes literally hate, but also love too. And I get to travel around the world and eat chocolate croissants all over Europe and love people. It's just like, I cannot even, like I never in a thousand years thought that broken, sad little Taylor would end up like loving herself and loving her craft in loving her life as much as I do. Um, every day is like a freaking party because I'm a seven on the Enneagram, number <laughs> one. But number two, because like, I just, I, you know, it's just when you just, it's crazy um, just being where I'm at right now. I never would have thought ever um, that I would be doing the things that I'm doing or or loving people the way that I love or, or things like that. It's all just every day is such a dear, dear gift and a blessing. And, um, I just am so hyped on life and no, I never thought ever. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if we're allowed to know, when is the book due to release? Um, so it is still in the, um, I, when I started writing a book, I was like, do you like write the whole thing and you like turn it in to like, like I had no idea. 
Um, I did a lot of Google searches and I called Bob Goff once actually. Uh, I <laughs> did too. We have to talk about that at another time, but I a hundred percent did too. Yeah. But mine wasn't like, Hey, I like, love you. It was like, how do I write a book? Like, can you please like, what do I need to do? Um, and he was like, I'm about to go to the dentist, but I have four minutes. And so he just like spit fired like things at me. And I was like trying to take notes, but, um, yeah, I, um, so basically you write, you can have the whole thing done and turn it in, but the main thing that you have to do is like write a proposal. And so I finished my proposal about, um, two months ago and, uh, not even a month. And, um, I had this sweet, um, girl, Elizabeth, it was a total God thing, reach out to me, um, and ask if I needed help writing it. And it was like three days earlier, I was literally actually yelling at God. I was like, you want me to write this thing, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, you need to help me. I'm done. And I swear literally that week, a girl emailed me. was like, do you need help? And I was like, what? Okay. Well, I guess you really want me to write this. Um, and so she helped me and we finished my proposal and she had some connections, uh, in the industry. And, um, I got an agent, which is who will finalize the proposal. And so right now that's where we're at is I'm about to, uh, secure like for sure my agent and then we'll work on the proposal like just getting it polished up 100% good to go and then book writing stuff is very slow in the summer um so probably in like the early fall um like September or so she'll take it and the agent basically takes it to the publishers and we'll shop the publishers and then hopefully lord willing if I get a publishing deal as soon as that is in the works I um probably six months all it'll take to finish my book and then hopefully the and the probably the beginning of 2019 is when I'm praying and hoping that it will be done and I don't know from there how long I don't know if it'll be on the shelves then or like spring but um yeah hopefully within the next year um I want it on the shelf like next week but that's not reality. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it takes some time, but it's in the process and um, I have an agent, which is a huge deal. And um, yeah, so it's just coming along from there. So yeah, hopefully, I don't know, but yeah. That's so exciting. Thank you for giving yeah. us uh, the, I guess, exclusive of that journey yeah. for you. That's that's huge. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I never, um, I've never, yeah, it's, yeah. There you go. Is it kind of weird to have um, it now be on on record? No, it's not weird at all. Okay. Um, I just have like never. It's hard, like, because once you put a name to something, like, you don't you, you don't get it back. Um, like, so it's it's out there. Um, and I've never. I just. I feel like the second I say what my book title is going to be, like, I can't turn around. <laughs> I'm like, it's it has a name. So, um, and it already does have a name. It's had a name. I, when I was walking in the middle of the road in Portugal, God was like, Hey, here. And I was like, what? Um, so yeah, so it's just cool to like put it out there. Um, but yeah, I've never shared that anywhere. Um, I've shared, like I've talked about holding your pain lightly, but never, you got the exclusive. So, yep. Well, thank you very much. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, I just have, I've loved following your story and I've loved following your journey. And so thank you for taking the time to tell us more about that. Thank you. Thanks for having me so much. Absolutely. And we'll have you on again in another couple of months when you're a super famous New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I will cry the whole podcast if that's the taste for my life. I will literally be asking me questions and I'll be like weeping.
Well, then I'll just simultaneously <laughs> while we're recording, I'll just send you photos of Date Mike just so that way <laughs> to alleviate the emotional, <laughs> the emotional Prison experience. Prison Mike's too. Prison Mike. Oh my gosh. Uh, All right, well, Taylor, have a great day. Thank you so much again. You got it. Thank you for taking the time to lean in with us today. And thank you to my longtime friend, Taylor, for being today's guest. You can follow Taylor on Instagram at Taylor Tippett, which is T-I-P-P-E-T-T. And don't forget to show her some love. You can find her writings on her website that I'll link in the show notes because they're worth the read. Trust me. I'm so glad you chose to spend this time with us as we unashamedly dig into the idea of choosing to live life leaned in. Please don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Believe it or not, each of those helps spread the word on what we're building together. You can also find me on Instagram at Brian Schindler and at Lean in the Podcast. Catch you next time and have the best day. Oh,